Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor. Hi, Road to Growth listeners. Today I have Michelle Molitor. Uh, she is an executive confidence coach, rapid rewiring expert. A lot of a lot of words in there, a lot of them that I bring my own kind of information to. I, I love it. The question I'm going to throw out to you, Michelle, the question that I always throw out to every coach now that I have everyone on here, what separates you from other coaches? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so I've been coaching for 20 years now. And over the last five years, I also became a certified hypnotherapist. And so I've combined the two modalities together to create my rapid rewire breakthrough program. So in 90 days, I combine coaching and hypnotherapy to help my clients get at the root cause of the subconscious beliefs and blocks that are creating the bugs in their programming and getting in their way to achieving greater success. So coaching, think of that as you're operating at a conscious level, right? But your conscious um, mind is only about 5% of your brain power. Your subconscious runs 95% of your brain power. So I'm able to tap into that 95% to get at those files that were buried away a long time ago, often in your childhood, that created the beliefs about how it's safe to show up in the world and what you should or shouldn't do, who you should or shouldn't be based on all the data that your brain just absorbed as a child. So it's a whole different level of access that enables me to help people move old limiting beliefs out of their way. If Listeners, if you've listened to this podcast before, you've probably heard me talk about um, Dr. Joe Dispensia, someone that basically I listened to a lot of before, and one of the things that that hit me like a ton of bricks, and I probably repeat it more than I probably should, is that by the age of 35, we're basically a computer program, is the way he describes it, and that like you're talking about all the things we do is like, okay, why are you crying right now? Oh, well, I'm triggered because this happened when I was basically five years old, and you start kind of finding out why things go on, and it's doing that deep dive can definitely. Uh, uh, play with your head and really help you out. Uh, totally, totally. Did uh, now as a as a coach, a rewiring expert, were you always kind of looking out for others at a young age, or who was a young Michelle? Who was young Michelle? Young Michelle was curious, stubborn. Um, I'll do it all by myself <laughs> because of my own beliefs that I've been carrying around that created a lack of confidence, a lack of sense of self-worth, a lack of belief in myself. So I was always looking outside of myself for approval for, am I okay? Is this okay? Am I enough? Um, and it, and it wasn't until, um, I was able to do this much deeper dive work on myself that I even realized that those beliefs were running me and how I moved through the world and the decisions that I was making that shaped my life, my career, my relationships so much. What, so what did that look like? So you're, you're in school. Is it based off of the college you went to, the career path you went to, or not necessarily what you're kind of focusing on yet, what other people kind of guided you to? Is that kind of what you're kind of relaying? Um, so... 
I've I've always been very independent um, because of some of my own fears and beliefs, um, things that had happened to me in my childhood. Mm. And so, you know, I struck out into the world, went off to college, um, started pursuing things that I thought were the right path for me, only to realize, oh, that's not how my brain works. Um, and then my fears kicked in and, ah, right, change my major, change my major, change. I think I changed my major like three times, right? Um, so there was just a lot of indecision. And uh, lucky for me, I, I stumbled into realizing I could draw, right? So in, after college, I ended up going back to art school and got a degree in graphic design and was a graphic designer and creative director for 10 years. And I did that very successfully until I got bullied out of my job. I had spent 10 years getting to this, you know, um, illustrious corner office, if you will, only to um, get bullied out of my position by two guys that I had hired. They made it abundantly clear they didn't like working for a woman. And their actions, their behaviors, their words chipped away at my confidence even more only to create a self-fulfilling prophecy and I got let go and I was just devastated and I had no idea what I needed to do next but the thought of handing my resume to anyone out there was just like oh no that that fear of judgment was so overwhelming for me and so that's what led me to coaching and so in the fact in the in the process of being coached I realized oh this is the work I'm supposed to be doing is like all the cells in my body came into alignment and went yes this and so I went on to get trained and certified as a coach back in uh, 2000 and started my company Nectar Consulting in 2001 and I've been doing it ever since and I love what I do and I'm really passionate about what makes people tick and why are some people confident and other people aren't and and how imposter syndrome and feeling like a fraud shows up for so many people, even high achievers, despite all of their accolades and successes. There's a lot of people out there, men and women, who think, well, who am I? And they think I'm smarter than I actually am. All of these little internal dialogue that you have with yourself that keeps you small and hiding out from really achieving um, what you know you can achieve or what you'd like to achieve. There was a lot of a lot of little nuggets there, a lot of different items there that I kind of want to rewind and kind of jump back. So you said stuff that happened to you as your childhood. Can we? What what kind of stuff are you talking about? So I grew up in a in a blessed home. I have two amazing parents, two siblings. Abnormally normal, I always like to say, and my parents have their own beliefs and their own fears and their programming that they grew up with, right, which had an impact on how they reacted and responded to me. Um, as much as I love all of them, it was a very judgmental household, right? Very high achieving household. Um, so the bar was always getting raised. So it was never enough, never enough. Something was always wrong and being nitpicked at. And that created um, these beliefs in me that I'm not enough, um, 
I'm not lovable, I'm not worthy, I'm not deserving in, in various ways, shapes, and forms. And we all have variations on these conversations within ourselves based on your own life experiences. Um, you know, I've had the, the joy of working with clients all around the world, and the theme song is often the same of, I'm not enough, I'm different, I don't belong, in some way, shape, or form, right? So identifying that conversation that's buried deeply in your subconscious and changing it, that's what creates really, really powerful and rapid change for people. Now you, you, you talked about that you finally found your path, I guess, um, in, in the company, right? At that point, before your, those two people pushed you out, were you happy with your choice? If you could look back on that time, they didn't push you out, do you think that you'd still be there today? Um, no is the short answer. Okay. The longer answer is um, that event was a blessing in disguise because it helped me realize that while um, creativity is something that I thrive on, I'm a painter, um, I'm an artist in my spare time, um, what I also realized one of my was one of my core values of making a difference. And we were building multi-million dollar websites at the time, which for me didn't make a difference, right? Building websites for Sun Microsystems, for example, just is just technology. And so while as painful as the that event was in my life, it was a very pivotal moment that that woke me up. I, I refer to it as um, not as a midlife crisis, but as um, a, a spiritual awakening because I was able to stop really, like really stopped me in my tracks and and stop and go, wow, okay, what's really important? Because in a, in a year span, I got laid off. I went to work for another startup. They ran out of money. I got laid off again and shortchanged $50,000 and then 9-11 happened. And so it was like, boom, what's really important? And what I realized was making a difference, being of contribution to people in a more meaningful, personal way was what was calling me forward. So it was a no brainer for me to shift and start my own company because that seemed less daunting than handing my resume to anybody in corporate America. Well, I mean, a lot of the things you talked about right there, of, um, except for the daunting fact, were outside of your control, right? I mean, there's a lot of people probably listening today that have been in the same career, been at the same path, and they probably feel remnants of the idea of wanting to leave, starting their own path, yet, they need that push to actually go that direction. Do you think you would allow yourself to keep getting pushed in those directions if you would have stayed on the career path, stayed with those people and not got pushed out? Or do you think there's an underlying thing that was kind of bursting up and it was gonna explode at a time and it was gonna happen in a different manner? Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. And I was working 80 hours a week, Vinny. I was having anxiety attacks. Um, I was really like, oh my gosh, I, I had a huge imposter syndrome um, case of my own at the time. Like, am I getting it right? I don't have all the answers. Oh my gosh, I don't know what to do, but I don't have anybody to turn to because I was new in the city and 
you know, there was all these different things that was had me spinning at night and buying a lot of shoes at the time. <laughs> so um, if it hadn't been that, I think something else would have come along because I found over the years in, in my own experience and my work with clients, the universe has a funny way of, of gently or not so gently nudging you <laughs> to get to the place where you're meant to be and that your spirit is pulling you forward towards. Do you, do you think if, let's say, you were the boss or the manager of a person like you in that position at that time, is there anything you would have done or could have done to make the job easier for that person back then? Does that make sense? Say that a different way slightly. So if let's say someone's listening right now, right? And, and, and they have someone that's working for them. That's basically you that in that time, right? Where they're kind of like imposter syndrome, thinking they're overwhelmed. Is there anything that you would do to help manage that person or help that person get away from the Boston, you know, better adapt to the surroundings about it, not be as stressed out. Is there anything that you could have done or done as a manager to that person? Sure, sure. Thank you. So if I was managing someone in that situation, first, um, as a manager, having your own level of emotional intelligence to recognize what's happening with that person and not trying to fix them, but giving them some tools to help them calm their system, quiet their mind, um, reinforce some of their own achievements, right? Wow, Vinny, you've been really doing a great job over here in this area, and I'm, I'm seeing you're struggling a bit here. Um, let's brainstorm a little bit about what you might need to do to amplify that portion of your job, right? So giving them the support the encouragement, being a little cheerleader in there for them, and then pointing them to other various resources as necessary. I have I have a massive library of, of books here that I'm always referring to all around these topics, leadership development, personal development, coaching, listening, um, spiritual growth, all of these different things because no matter how hard you try to compartmentalize yourself, your personal life and your private life, I mean, your personal life and your in your career life, it's all integrated, right? If you're having a bad day at home, that bad day will follow you to work as hard as you might try to shove it in a corner, right? So when you can take a holistic approach and really look at how do you find the balance in your life? How do you find the meaning and the purpose and bring your values fully to the work that you are doing? Um, that's what creates greater, not only well-being, but but happiness and career satisfaction. Now, you you pushed out of that job. You're pushed out of the next startup. 9-11 happens. You start, you're getting coaching. When did you come to the point from, and this is kind of something that I've, I've talked to a lot of coaches about, because that usually seems like the pathway of getting into coaching is that you're getting coached yourself, and you go, you know what, I want to help people like this. Was there a point in time when you go, I know enough about this. I feel comfortable helping out someone else that was in my shoes. So before I just started to start my own company, um, a friend of mine had introduced me to uh, a personal development program called uh, Landmark Education. Um, 
right? It's a very, very powerful set of tools. And I probably did a year of that. Um, it was my first experience of being coached and having any kind of personal development work done, right? And it was very transformative to me. I remember actually, um, after I did my very first course, um, you would create these new possibilities for yourself. So I created the possibility of being happy because I was terribly unhappy. I was very stressed out. And within a week, I found out I was getting laid off. I was like, oh, oh, wow, that was, that was fast. <laughs> like, that's not quite what I was expecting, but okay, here we go, right? Um, and so I did that work for a year and I was getting coached personally as well. And in the process of being coached, I recognized um, that, oh, this was the work I was meant to do. I had a, a background in psychology. Um, I had studied it extensively in school and originally had wanted to be a therapist, but then got scared and freaked out and changed gears at the very last moment, actually. It's kind of funny. My parents were not happy with me. Um, but... Um, then when I decided to, to step wholeheartedly into that and make a career change, I actually went on to get trained and certified through the Coaches Training Institute. I did a whole year, did a, a year-long program there, then I did another year-long program in leadership development and coaching. I've had, gosh, Vinny, I've probably had three, 4,000 hours of training in personal development and coaching and and all these various modalities over the last 20 years. I'm, I'm kind of a learning junkie. I'll admit it. <laughs> was I mean, I would think even coaching, there's still the idea of imposter syndrome that plays out at the early stages of it, at least, maybe even later on. Was there a point where you actually felt confident in in who you were and how you were teaching and what you were providing? Or was it, was the class, I and mean, once you're finished with the class, okay, you know what, I feel this way or... How has that process been for yourself? Um, I think we we do this, and we you know we 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 learn and we plateau, we learn and we plateau, and we learn and we plateau, right? Um, and it just continues that way all through your life. But for me, with my coaching career, you know, I would learn some new stuff, and I try it on and embody it. I'm like, yeah, okay, and then I get a new nugget. I'm like, oh, great, and then I'd incorporate that, and then I'd incorporate the next thing, and so. At each turn, I've learned more and expanded um, what I've done. And there's certainly been points along my path where that imposter syndrome has bubbled back up, right? Um, you know, it's just that it shows up every time you expand outside the edges of your comfort zone, right? I'm going to do this new thing. I'm going to expand in this new way. And there's a part of your brain, the amygdala, which is your fight, flight, or freeze mechanism in your brain, right? I call her Amy. Amy loves you and she wants to keep you safe. That's her sole purpose, right? And so anytime you stretch too far beyond the edges of your comfort zone, Amy's like, oh, hold on there, Sparky. Mm -mm, that's too far. I'm not going. Mm -mm, not going to do it, right? And so you shrink back out of fear, right? There's a saber-toothed tiger that's coming after you. It's just your limbic brain like, whoa, danger, danger, right? So learning how to manage your Amy learning how to manage that internal dialogue that you're having with yourself. So the period of fear and, and shrinking is smaller and smaller and smaller. And you become more and more resilient so you can expand out into the world and be more of who you are and, and share more of your gifts. What What do you think in building your, your brand, building your business has been kind of um, more of your 
difficult hurdles or uh, hiccups? Is it finding the business? Is it mindset? Is it staying up to date with new information that comes about? And what do you think has been kind of one of the bigger things you had to go through? Um, I think probably one of my challenges, um, simply because I was wired like this from a young age of trying to do it all by myself. So learning how to ask for help and then finding the right help to ask, right? Finding the right people to have on your team. And most importantly, um, learning how to manage them effectively versus abdicating to them and expecting them to know exactly what to do and how you wanted to do it without having enough of a conversation and management of those people, right? Um, you know, as an entrepreneur, it can be overwhelming at times because there's so many different hats that you have to wear. I have to do the selling, I have to do the marketing, I have to do the accounting, I have to do the operations, all of these things. And when you first, you know, when I first became a coach, I was like, yes, I get to do the thing that I love. Oh, there's this whole other thing that I have to learn how to do. Oh, nobody told me that part. Uh oh. <laughs> but I'm already in it, so I better figure it out. So learning how to swim um, through those waters is uh, a little challenging at first. So asking for help is a big, big thing. Was it? Um, were you asked? Who are you asking for help? And how did you find the right people to ask? And how do you? How do you even learn? Especially with social media today, right? There's so many social media. There's so many experts out there, right? So how, how yes. do you find the right one? Well, 20 years ago, Facebook hadn't been born yet. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really, um, you know, Yelp wasn't there. Facebook wasn't there. It was really relying on colleagues, friends, um, other folks in similar businesses. Who did you work with and how did that work? And um who did you talk to and just getting referrals essentially it, it was how it worked at the beginning now it um it is really about doing your due diligence you know you might find an expert um and really digging a little deeper asking more questions of them who else have you done this for? How long have you been doing it? What are the results that you've gotten for them? What exactly are you going to do for me and what are you not gonna do for me, right? Um, social media has so many nuances now. Um, you can have somebody who runs your Instagram, your Facebook, your LinkedIn, um, all these different areas, your SEO, your website, right? Um, and, and so knowing enough in each of those areas to be dangerous and knowing when to delegate to somebody who's willing to do the deeper dive knowing of that. I mean, Facebook has become its own world, literally, and and knowing how to navigate that and doing it effectively so you actually get the results that you want, that's more than I need to know, right? So I've, I've got somebody who does that for me, right? Um, so just learning to recognize what's your sweet spot. What's the thing that you do best and who can you delegate the other pieces and parts to, right? I, I use an assessment tool with most of my clients called Talent Dynamics, and it helps someone understand objectively what's their sweet spot, the place that you operate from most naturally, easily, effortlessly, right? That 
unconscious competence place, right? And then noticing where that's not, right? So my place of unconscious competence is creativity. I've got ideas that come through me all day long. I write, I paint, I draw, um, and all of that comes through in the work that I do. The area that is not my strength is the the financial side, the numbers side. Have I learned how to create a masterful spreadsheet? spreadsheet? Yes, yes I have. And it still takes me more time and effort and energy to do that than to just have ideas come through me and into my computer, if that makes sense. No, it makes total sense. I, I feel I'm the same way. The question that I think people that, that I guess are similar boat, where they have these ideas that run through them, how do you funnel all those ideas and not treat yourself as, uh, what is that movie, Up? Oh, dog. And then I say, oh, dog. <laughs> Squirrel. <laughs> Squirrel. Squirrel. Yes. I call those um, sparkly bits, um, sparkly bit syndrome. Oh, look, there's another idea. Oh, oh, oh. So I literally, I literally have a book just for the ideas, right? Um, write them down and then see, is that worthy of my time right now? Do I put that on the back burner? Or is that just a nice to have here in this nice little book? until I can come back to it at another time, right? Because there's so many, so many hours in the day and there's so many, so many hours that you can be really focused and creating things. Um, I, I suffered a little bit from my sparkly bit syndrome last year in a strange response to the COVID. <laughs> I, um, I built out a whole membership program I expanded the consulting side of my business. I onboarded a dozen consultants. I added a whole emotional, social leadership, well-being aspect to the consulting work that I did. And I created a five-day well-being challenge and redesigned my website, split it into two, and rewrote all the copy inside of 11 months. And I completely burned myself out. (laughs) (laughs) So ironically, I was trying to sell well-being and I was like, what happened? What did I do to myself? <laughs> so it's like, oh, note to self. Don't chase after all the sparkly bits because there, there's only so much energy you can bring to these things unless you have a massive team, which I don't, um, to, to bring to building those things out and then launching them properly out into the world. So um, Really be mindful, all you beautiful creative types out there, about which ideas you're going to actually put into action. Well, talking about action, if we're saying, let's say talking in five years from now, what plans do you have in place? Where are you going to be? Where's your business going to be? Great question. So I'm actually in the midst of building out some online programs um, so that I can have um, less one-on-one time um, and serve more people, right? Um, my 90-day program is super rewarding, but it's all one-on-one time. So having these these additional components to the work that I do um, will enable me to continue to help people, but in a way um, that doesn't require as much of my time so that I can continue to work with a select amount of people and be of service to this much larger community as well. Well, thank you, Michelle, for, for being here on the Roach Growth Podcast. Um, 
if someone's listening right now and they want to reprogram themselves, they want to be a better person, they don't want to go down the same rabbit hole, maybe they want to make a, a decision, a big decision, life decision. What's the best way of them to follow you, reach out to you, um, hear more about your journey? Sure. You can always find me at michellemolitor.com. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, um, under Michelle Molitor or Rapid Rewire. And um, yeah, I'm always happy to have a complimentary discovery call with someone if you're curious to learn how um, you can rewire your brain in 90 days and see if now is the right time for you to step into really choosing yourself and choosing a more vibrant and happy life filled with greater joy. Well, thank you, Michelle. And, and hopefully, I mean, is it, if you're listening right now, what's 30 minutes of your time or hour of your time, whatever that consultation is, to basically find the opportunities, the abilities for who you could be in the next couple of years. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.